The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. The chemical spill from a train derailment in Ohio did reach the Ohio River, but EPA workers now say they don't believe the 25 million people in the area will be affected. Today the EPA said the train that derailed and caught fire in East Palestine, Ohio, was carrying and actually released more toxic chemicals than was first reported, and 3,500 fish have likely died in streams and tributaries. Fish, fish, fish. Totally normal. I mean, who wouldn't drink from a stream chock full of dead fish? Because that's the stream where the community's drinking water is from. Taylor tells me all of his foxes have been sick and acting different since the weekend. He says they are not eating properly. Many are dealing with stomach issues and are acting lethargic. Amanda Brashear says when she went to let her dog out last night at about 10 o'clock, the smell made her eyes water. And she also believes it could be why her chickens are now dead. Amanda Brashears was going to feed her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless. If we can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Officials have said that the smell wasn't toxic or dangerous, but still advised people in the Mahoning Valley to stay indoors Monday night as a precaution. Uh, oily sheens and coloration in our water, um, constant smell of burning plastics and chemicals in the air, um, issues with our dog, uh, vomiting, acting lethargic. Since then, I now have uh, the chemical burns and reaction rash on my face, and my throat is getting irritated again. We basically nuked the town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. I was kind of surprised that when they quickly told the people they can go back home. This is the first time I've been here in a week, and I was here five minutes, and I had a head I have a headache right now. And you can't spend a lot of time here without feeling like crap. And my question is why, if it's okay, if it's safe, and all these people say it's safe, if it's so safe and okay, then why does it hurt? In an age of unprecedented, earth-shaking events, will this end up being the worst environmental disaster in U.S. history? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, the, the early returns here, they're not looking so good. And, of course, it's, it's, we've talked about how the Biden administration is working to just, if not cover this up, just ignore it. But it's impossible for even the legacy media to, to do that. They should be giving it more coverage, yes. And, uh, and congrats to Fox News, Newsmax, some of the conservative sites that really have drawn attention to this story. Uh, but this is a disaster. And uh, the animals are dying, as Tucker said last night on his program. We should pay attention when that is happening. Jesse mentioned there in the montage you just saw. I mean, who would go and drink from a stream where the fish are belly up? Lots and lots to get to on today's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry. This is the, the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining our growing audience. You can get to the live video stream of this show. We're working to simplify our URL options. Just type in trumpetdaily.com. 
And that takes you to our Trumpet Daily page. And every weekday morning at 11 a.m. or just before 11 a.m. here in the central time zone of the United States, TrumpetDaily.com will also give you, it's not quite as prominent as it is on the front page of the Trumpet.com, but it will give you the banner that takes you straight through to the live stream. So you can uh, try that out. If not right now, since you're watching, you can try that out maybe on tomorrow's program. It takes you to the same page, both of these addresses. But uh, in the interest of just simplifying our advertising, our cross-promotion, TrumpetDaily.com takes care of everything that you need if you want to watch this program live or watch on demand later on after the fact. We're happy to have you on today's show. Lots to get to the latest from Palestine. Apparently the the train was not labeled as carrying hazardous materials. You've probably heard reports about how that uh, this company, uh, Norfolk Southern, they've lobbied They've lobbied all of the previous administrations to to remove any kind of safety uh, requirements like the the emergency brakes, that sort of thing. There were reports yesterday that these cars were on fire as early as 20 miles before the crash actually happened. We have a a story, by the way, up at the Trumpet website, thetrumpet.com on uh, what's what's happening in Ohio. It gives you the very latest. It was posted just this morning. But first, here's uh, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine uh, yesterday commenting on the fact that this, uh, this, uh, this trip with all these cars and the hazardous chemi- chemicals, it wasn't labeled as such, clip four. Even though some rail cars did have hazardous material on board, uh, and while most of them did not, that's why it was not uh, categorized as a high hazardous material train. Uh, frankly, uh, if this is true, and I'm told it's true, uh, this is absurd, uh, and we need to look at this, uh, and Congress needs to take a take a look at how these things are handled. So I'm sure as this plays out, the blame game will set in as finger-pointing to Congress or to Norfolk Southern or the EPA or Ohio, whatever. This article that we posted just today talked about, it just gives you the, the facts that you've already uh, heard on this show earlier this week about uh, the people evacuating. And then 24 hours later, the authorities come in and, and Norfolk Southern was behind. They basically hired out a private or an independent contractor to see that everything was good to go. And of course, it was in their interest to clean this up pretty quickly so that they could get the train line back in, in operation and continue with their, uh, their booming business. This is from our article at The Trumpet. The Environmental Protection Agency agreed and said everything was fine, but they also said the chemicals are still being released to the air, surface soils and surface waters, and Norfolk Southern contractors are still on the ground. They are involved in the investigation to see if they are guilty of contaminating East Palestine's air, water, and soil. So it's, it's much like we see in the D.C. swamp, that whenever there's scandal, the people investigating it are the ones guilty of the scandal. So, of course, they come out with their investigation and determine everything's above board, everything's just fine. Water, soil, air, everything's good. Go ahead. Return back to your homes. It's going to be just fine. Listen to the the chief of the Surface Water Division of the Ohio EPA. 
yesterday at a news conference. This is clip five. The Ohio River is very large, and it's a water body that's able to dilute the pollutants pretty quickly. Isn't that comforting? The pollutants have made it into the Ohio River. We now know this. They've been detected hundreds of miles downstream. The Ohio River is almost a thousand miles in length. It feeds into the Mississippi River. And, and there she is basically to say, nothing to worry about here. Go ahead and drink the water. And yet listen to the Ohio governor in the, the same, the same per time period. This is yesterday. Listen to what he said, clip nine. Look, I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to uh, um, find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and, and concerned, but uh, I think I would probably be back in my house. So be attentive to the tests for the air quality. Go ahead and return to your house. But don't drink. The water, the previous official said the water's just fine. It's going to be diluted, no problem. And here, here he is saying, it's, it's bottled water for me, thank you very much. But go ahead and return home. And some have, and of course, they've got the skin rashes, the headaches, and so on. They're seeing their animals vomit. They're seeing some fish turned up dead in the streams in the local area. Chickens, foxes. Jesse Waters made the point last night on his program that we that we brought up yesterday, how that just two seconds ago, I mean, it was scaremongering on steroids. Two seconds ago, it was, you better put on your mask or else you're going to kill grandma. Even if you have just a little sniffle, put it on. In fact, don't even leave your house unless you've gotten the double jab and you've double masked. Now it's like 24 hours. Hey, Norfolk Southern is, it's back in operation. We're going to send more hazardous materials right through that train line. No problem. What about these residents of East Palestine? What about, it, it's, as I said yesterday, it's heavily pro-Trump, mostly a white community. And yet, like Tucker brought out on his show, maybe we can just fast forward to that one. Listen to what Tucker said. Had this, had this happened in just about any other uh, community. This is clip six. Now, imagine if this had happened in, well, the favored cities of Philadelphia and Detroit. Lots of poor people in those cities. Everyone feels for them. Everyone wants them to be safe. Imagine at the same time this has happened in Washington, D.C. and, say, Georgetown. <laughs> well, the National Guard would be called in. There would be no mushroom cloud of toxic chemicals on the horizon. We can promise you that. And, of course, in both cases, if this affected the rich or the favored poor, it would be the lead of every news channel in the world. But it happened to the poor benighted town of East Palestine, Ohio, whose people are forgotten and in the view of the people who lead this country, forgettable. So no big deal. This is how uh, Donald Trump won in 2016. Of course, he won in 2020 as well. But he had the support of these forgotten people, the ones who were ignored. And you're seeing a perfect example of that right now in Palestine. They're just ignored. There's a few of them trying to get their story out, and Tucker and others are interview, interviewing them, which is good. But still, where, where's Joe Biden commenting on this? I mentioned Pete Buttigieg yesterday. He's talking about trying to have racial equality among the, uh, the hard hats out at the construction site. He, he's making fun of the, the balloon distraction, which the, I noticed the Wall Street Journal is now talking about. You heard that here on Monday. 
we came right into it with the Twilight Zone. You'll recall that if you saw the opening. A huge distraction, and it comes at a time when they certainly need it. Just coming back to Jesse's point, Jesse Waters, last night talking about the scaremongering from two seconds ago, and now, now when there's real danger, really, it's no problem. It's no problem. Listen to this from last night, clip 11. Most of the chemicals that we're worried about and that we're talking about fall into a category known as volatile organic chemicals. Volatile organic compounds, or VOCs, it's important for us to recognize, are actually a part of our everyday life. So Ohio Fauci says, don't mind the cloud of black smoke over your city. Breathe it in. It's organic. The same government who forced us to wear masks outside for two years now says chemical explosions in your neighborhood are just a part of everyday life. Now get back to work. We weren't allowed to go to work for two years because of a virus that gave 99% of us a runny nose. But you better punch in at 9 a.m., Ohio, even if it means inhaling mustard gas on the way in. Everything's fine. People around East Palestine suffering headaches, uh, other health problems like sore throat, etc. And then in addition, other anecdotal reports about animals dying like chickens and cats. Unfortunately, volatile organic compounds share with a host of other things the ability to cause very common symptoms at the lower levels. So headache, eye irritation, nose irritation. We have to look at the measured facts. And the measured facts include the fact that the air sampling in that area really is not pointing toward an air source for this. So poison gas is lighting up the neighborhood and government doctors are saying, you know, your runny nose, your headache, probably just the common cold. Wait a second, a year ago, <laughs> you couldn't go to the gym unless you were double vaxxed with a mask. If you coughed, you had to isolate for 10 days. So what's going on here? Are we looking at a cancer cluster and the doctors are telling us to shake it off? Primetime just found a report that four whistleblowers inside the EPA claim officials are covering up cancer-causing chemicals. Whistleblowers are saying that they've been tampering with tests on chemicals to make them look less toxic so they can ride them on the rails with the bad brakes and make more money for Norfolk Southern. You think the EPA is serious about cleaning this up? They're covering it up. That's some great commentary right there. Is, is this a cleanup or a cover-up? Well, that would be the latter, as he brings out. They're, they're getting in there. They're hurriedly covering it up. They're hurriedly saying, get back to your homes. Go to send the, the children back to school. Everything's fine. Norfolk Southern can continue with their, uh, their operations. And this, after... A, a basically a nuclear bomb type explosion plumes of smoke dead animals all over the place it's a cover-up that's what this is shaping up to be he calls the the so-called expert there the ohio fauci the the bowtie fauci now he's he's out there to to assure you quite unlike the previous the the previous <laughs> disease in the case of covid that's, that's, I mean, that's got to shut down the world. The sniffles. This, no problem. Let's just hurry up. Hurry up and move on. Listen to this report. It's a local news station report. It's a reporter that went to Governor DeWine's news conference. I guess he was broadcasting 
live, and as soon as he finishes his broadcast, he's arrested. He's kicked out of the main room and then arrested by the police. And, and as, you, as you watch this report, ask yourself, is this about the cleanup and, and, and saving lives or protecting human beings? Or is this about the cover-up? Here's clip 12. Tonight, new body cam footage of the controversial arrest of a News Nation reporter at a press conference held by Ohio's governor, an arrest denounced by the governor himself. Correspondent Evan Lambert says he was just doing his job while giving a live report during Governor Mike DeWine's news conference. And when that live report ended, law enforcement told Lambert to leave, then forcibly removed him and arrested him. You saw similar scenes such as that. People going to the two years ago, they would go to the the park with their little kids unmasked and, and police wrestling them to the ground. What an extreme from one extreme to the other extreme. It's it's Americans see what's happening. Ordinary Americans. So many of them do. We'll, we'll look at uh, died suddenly here in just a second. But they see what's happening. But the experts or, or science falsely so-called, as Paul said in First Timothy six. The experts, if it's up, you can be sure they're there to tell you it's down. If it's right, it's left. If it's black, they say it's, it's white. If it's safe, it's, it's not safe at all. No, no. If it's dangerous, it's safe. If it's normal, they're there to tell you it's abnormal. If it's abnormal, everything's normal. Nothing to worry about here. You see how it works? It's becoming so much easier to know what the truth is. Just listen to the talking heads, and it's the opposite. So, I mean, the relentlessness of this assault on truth, it's, in some ways, it's exhausting. You get up each day, and you look at some of these headlines, and you hear the experts. You hear the Ohio Fauci. And you're just like, that's not the truth. That's not, go ahead and drink the water. Go ahead and breathe deeply. Go ahead and return home. Never mind the rash or the headaches. It's just common. It's just like the common cold. Here's a little bit of truth from, surprisingly, CNN, clip 13. Uh, since this happened on February 3rd, I've been hearing from the community as early as February 4th about um, children having breathing issues, onset of asthma attacks, rashes, projectile vomiting, getting evacuation orders, not knowing where to go to shelter in place. A lot of confusion, a lot of mis miscommunication, if no communication. Here we are 10 days out. And now you're just hearing the governor, as uh, your reporter just stated, now there's an issue with don't drink the water. This is precisely what's concerning this community because all the information isn't in yet. Look, it was a train derailment, 10 cars of a very hazardous chemical, vinyl chloride, that was set to explode, that they put into a controlled burn and the information isn't all in. So what assurance are you going to give this community that it is in fact safe, which has been their concerns all along. And now we're hearing drink bottled water. So this is a bad situation for this community. And I have every right to be concerned. And the reports go on to animals that have mm -hmm. died, chickens that have died, beyond the fish. 
So this is so mismanaged and such a systemic issue going on in all of these environmental issues that aren't being addressed. That's from CNN, as I said. I mean, the story is so massive that uh, it's, it's impossible to not cover. And, and, and quite a few of the mainstream networks are covering it. But what are government officials doing and saying? Norfolk Southern, I mean, you look into some of the shareholders of that company and the donations they've made to prominent Democrats. And then the Democrat Party that's just turning a blind eye to this explosion of poison gas into the atmosphere over Ohio. Listen to, I think this is from three years ago. Listen to Joe Biden as he talks about what he's willing to do to protect the environment. Clip 10. We'll hold polluters accountable for the damage they've caused, particularly in low-income communities and communities of color. Not only due to climate change, but the pollution they are pumping into the air that is breathed and the water is drunk in those communities. Hold polluters accountable, particularly in poor areas. Palestine's a poor area, but... Yeah, they're not people of color there. So, and they're 72% uh, support for, for Donald Trump. So it's just not as pressing. It's just not that urgent in the minds of these radicals. Just move on, move on. If it happens in an urban area, hey, we will hold you accountable. But like in so many other disasters we've seen, like in so many other big stories, it's one rule for this group and another one for this group over here. In the Trumpet magazine, that piece, What's Going On in Ohio, it says, despite the monumental stakes of this disaster, there has been minimal reporting on it for over a week. Government officials instead focused on, and this is becoming harder to do because it's such a joke, as I said yesterday, the balloons, the war against the balloons. As I said, we made that point on uh, Monday's show. This is from the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Uh, as mystery objects get shot down, U.S. sets up new task force for UFOs. Amid a baffling series of incidents in which the U.S. has shot down three unidentified flying objects, the White House said Monday it would create a team expected to study airborne objects and the potential security and safety risks they pose. So a special task force for the balloons, not for Palestine, for the balloons. That's right. Remember they were just popping balloons right and left over the weekend? And now it's such a ridiculous joke. Pete Buttigieg laughing about it. The, the whole press corps in the White House briefing room laughing about it. But as far as Joe Obama's concerned, it's no laughing matter. They've got a new task force for this. It says here, the new group created at the behest of the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. There's the Obama guy. Yeah, here, here's Obama behind the scenes. Listen, we got to help the talking heads to understand that the balloon story, that's number one up on the uh, to-do list. That's what we've got to cover first. Jake Sullivan. Jake Sullivan says here, the group will look at the broader policy implications of the objects for de detection, analysis, and disposition, said John Kirby, a spokesman for the National Security Council on Monday. Kirby, remember, I played the clip for you yesterday. 
He's the one that said, yeah, it was going on during Trump years, but they, he worked during the Trump years. He worked for Trump. They didn't detect it. We detected it. Yes, indeed. We pat ourselves on the back. We're detecting these balloons and we're shooting them down. We're, we're shooting them out of the sky now. I mean, in some cases, yeah, we miss with the sidewinder, but who cares? Who cares? It's over Lake Huron. Probably just fell into the water. Uh, by the way, have we found the debris yet? Any of the debris there? 24 hours, everything's said and done in Palestine. But seven days on, we still don't know about the balloon over Alaska, the balloon over Yukon, the balloon over Lake Huron. Do we even have the debris of the Chinese spy balloon? That's from two weeks ago. Any news on that? John Kirby, a spokesman for the National Security Council, said on Monday, every element of the government will redouble their efforts to understand and mitigate these events. Can you believe the priorities here? Every element of the government will redouble their efforts to chase balloons? At least we now know they're not aliens, but they're balloons. New task force. That's where Joe Obama's focus is. And then the reality of it, we've already got the people collapsing and dying suddenly like the Belgian goalkeeper happened on, the, on Saturday. And now you're going to have people, perhaps, cancer's a little bit more of a slower moving thing than a heart attack, but still, how many people are going to collapse over the course of the next many months or maybe a few years? Or like that woman said in the opening montage, the next 20 years? They know it's a slow-moving catastrophe, so they're just going to move on. Don't wear a mask. Don't worry about staying away from the contaminated area. Just go back home, and, you know, 20 years from now, if you die of cancer, big deal. Just brush it off. Take one for the team. Speaking of died suddenly, this is about the vaccine from the New York Post, which is surprising. People unvaccinated against COVID at higher risk of diabetes. So if you don't take the vaccine, which is supposed to protect you from COVID, which it doesn't, it might also mean that you're going to get diabetes because you didn't take the COVID vaccine. Doesn't that make perfect sense to you? This is according to a new study. You talk about priorities. I mentioned it with the Obama people. What about these people conducting the studies? Can you take some time to conduct a study about the connection between those dying of heart attacks, the 30% increase in heart attack deaths among young people, and the fact that it's happened in the last two years that the vaccine rollout has happened? Can we get a study on that? Is that possible? It says here, failing to receive the COVID-19 vaccine could put patients at higher risk of developing type 2 diabetes. You can't make this up. Now they're trying to connect diabetes to, the, to Pfizer, to the Pfizer vaccine. In other words, if you don't get the Pfizer jab, you're going to get diabetes. And forget about the fact that you might get COVID. You're going to get COVID and diabetes. What's next? says here, researchers from the Smith Heart Institute at Cedars-Sinai of Los Angeles discovered that the coronavirus infection increases the risk of diabetes, but that upfront vaccination could curb it. So there you go. There you go. They're doubling down. It doesn't matter how many young people collapse of heart attacks. Pfizer, 
All the talking head, they've got Sean Penn out there. They've got this other John Legend, I think his name is. They've got all the big celebrities. And then after they make their statement, then it says Pfizer at the end. Brought to you by Pfizer. They're doubling down. They're not willing to look into this, this toxic chemical. There's toxic chemicals in the air in Palestine, and people are putting toxic chemicals into their body. Thanks to Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. There was a hot mic at this poker tournament. You probably saw it yesterday on social media circles. But listen to this, uh, I assume he's some prominent poker player, and he's talking. He doesn't think the mic is on him. He's talking to one of his fellow players. And listen to what he says about the vaccine. This is clip one. I wish I would have never got the vaccine. What's that? I wish I never would have got the vaccine. I never did. Uh, I've been having chest pain ever since I had that thing. Really? Yeah. Still, you're still having it? Yeah, every time to time. And they're saying that you get uh, hardens arteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to go get it checked out. I mean, but ever since, dude, it's just. That's horrible. Been weird. I held out. I held out until like a month ago, not even a month ago. Oh, uh, is that right? Why did you decide to get it then? Also, I wanted to come play the World Series. Isn't that revealing? People know. Ordinary people, ordinary poker players, they know. They know. One of them says, I got the vaccine. I've had chest pains ever since. The other one says, I held out until I had to get one because I wanted to play in this tournament. Can you believe this? People know, and yet they still, the experts get up there and still tell you that what's healthy is unhealthy. You know, you've got the junk food guy, the expert that says your children need to get the vax. You've got him out front to tell you junk food's fine. Get the vax for your two-year-old. If it's healthy, they say it's unhealthy. If it hurts you, they say it helps you. As I say, it's becoming easier and easier to get to the truth. Just listen to these fools, not those two you just heard. They were speaking some truth. They just didn't know they were on a hot mic. This is from, here, here come the experts now. Contrast what you're about to hear with what you just heard from two ordinary people who got the vaccine, one of them that says, yeah, I've had chest pain since, and as you know, I mean, it, it hardens the arteries, that sort of thing. But here come the experts, and notice what they, they talk about, and then notice what they leave out. Clip two. Uh, heart attack deaths have become more common across all age groups since the start of the coronavirus pandemic. But a recent study found that young people are actually most at risk in this case. According to Cedars-Sinai Hospital, the number of heart attack deaths among 25 to 44-year-olds in the U.S. over the first two years of the pandemic was 30% higher than predicted. I think the fact that you're seeing such a big increase specifically in the youngest age group, so the 25 to 44 year olds, you saw this 30% increase in the risk of death from heart attack. And that really is quite striking. That's not a group, an age group in which you normally see heart attacks, much less dying from a heart attack. What they saw is prior to the pandemic, heart attack deaths were actually dropping. And then that trend reverses, and you see those deaths go up, especially among that youngest age group during the pandemic. And do we know why the why younger people might be more at risk? Or 
We don't know for sure. What we do know, however, is that younger people were less likely to protect themselves against COVID than older people, less likely to mask, less likely to take other mitigation measures. And they were also farther back in line to get vaccinated. So they were not protected with vaccination until later in the pandemic. Right. So COVID causes inflammation um, of the blood vessels as well as other parts of the body and also blood clots. And what we think is that it COVID infection may have actually accelerated the process of developing heart disease, what we call coronary artery disease, and so therefore accelerated when somebody might have had a heart attack and died from a heart attack. Right. If that's true, where were all the cases of sudden deaths in 2020 at the peak of the pandemic when everyone had COVID? See, how easy is it to blame? Now they can blame everything on COVID. Yeah, 30 percent increase in heart attacks. Uh, It's because of COVID. And, uh, you know, the ones that get COVID are most likely the ones that uh, don't get the vaccine. So there's your here again. You don't get the vaccine. You're going to get diabetes. You don't get the vaccine. You're going to get a heart attack. You don't get the vaccine. You're going to get COVID. The, the, The vaccine, it solves everything. It takes care of everything. It's going to make you the healthiest person in the world. That's what these people are saying. And they say it with a straight face. They want, they'll have extensive studies about, hmm, if we connect this to this and over here and here. Diabetes! Diabetes! That's right. You didn't get the vaccine, did you? These people are deranged. They are insane. They're, they worship at the altar of Pfizer. That's what it amounts to. Brought to you by Pfizer. This is demonic. This is sick stuff. This demonstrates the sickness in Israel. Read through Isaiah 1. You get over to Isaiah 5. Isaiah 5.20, it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. God says, Woe unto them. You know, you look at Revelation 12, where it says that God cast Satan and his demons down to this earth, and they're confined to this earth. And what does God say there about the earth? He says, woe unto the earth. Woe unto the sea, even. Because the devil and his demons are cast down, and they're confined to this earth. And then he says here in Isaiah 5, woe unto them who call evil good and good evil. We see a lot of that today among the experts. So much of this sickness. So much of this disease, it's self-inflicted, isn't it? There was this story, and I have had it in my notes for a few programs now. Fox News, it says, Migrant patients are overwhelming a border town sole hospital, straining medical resources and placing the facility on the brink of collapse. This is a hospital down in Arizona. It's about to collapse because all these migrants are streaming in. Millions of illegals or probably tens of thousands in this region of the border. And, and hospitals are breaking down. This is a self-inflicted wound. A self-inflicted wound making us sick. This is from Politico. It says, policymakers overseeing the legalization were, uh, speaking of marijuana, you'll recall a few years ago, yeah, we got to make it legal. We've got we to gotta have marijuana, cannabis ready for everybody. It's got to be on every street corner. It is here in North Edmond. It's unbelievable, the sickness. People just streaming into these places. I mean, they wouldn't be putting another one up on the next corner over if it wasn't wildly popular. You wouldn't, you wouldn't see all these, these 
individual, you know, private property owners propping up all of these these greenhouses and growing marijuana if it wasn't so lucrative. Now they're finding out. The experts that told us it's okay, it's just marijuana, now they're finding out, well, maybe it's a little more dangerous than we thought. I mean, you know, if you have any common sense, that it's a gateway drug, even if you were to reason that it's maybe not as dangerous as something that's more, that's more deadly or more mind-altering. It says, but the policymakers overseeing legalization were flying surprisingly blind about its effect on public health. See, the, the same health officials that tell you, over here, put on a mask, double mask, in fact. Double jab, double mask, don't go outside. Over here, they say, hey, 24 hours. <laughs> the, the, the private company we hired to look into the air, soil, and water, they say it's fine. Get the trains rolling. Go home, go to school, forget about it. And, and then these officials, two seconds ago, they're saying, it's just marijuana. It's harmless. It's good fun. The kids need easy access to it says here, only recently has a steady flow of data emerged on health impacts, including emphysema in smokers and learning delays in adolescents. Lawmakers' reaction to the bad news raises the prospect that the loosely regulated marijuana marketplace worth $13 billion last year and growing 15% annually could come under pressure. They're more strict about just smoking regular cigarettes than they are about smoking marijuana. A $13 billion industry? Seriously? That's right. That's right. $13 billion. It's growing at 15%. That's why you see these cannabis sellers popping up on every corner. How about this headline from the Atlantic, of all places? America has gone too far in legalizing vice. If Here's a friendly tip for you. If the Atlantic is saying America has gone too far. You know that we're steamrolling right off the cliff's edge any moment. It says here, the cause of a, a gambling problem is the individual's inability to control the gambling. So says the National Council on Problem Gambling, an organization funded by, funded by the gambling industry to help people who have become addicted to its products. This attitude that anyone who falls into gambling addiction has only themselves to blame has allowed state lawmakers to ignore arguments that more access, that more access to gambling might make it easier for people to lose control. Well, it goes on further, further down. It says, some judicious restrictions are better for everyone. <laughs> a little bit of lecturing from the Atlantic. You know, a few boundaries might be a good idea. It, it might be good for us to kind of prop up border security. I mean, in the, the moral sense, you get what I mean? Yeah, I mean, anything goes, we're kind of, we're kind of finding that, that, that that's a recipe for disaster. Anything goes. As I say, if the Atlantic is saying this, how bad do you think the problem is? I didn't comment earlier this week about that Michigan State shooter. You're not hearing anything about it because the perpetrator is black. So if he goes into Michigan State and kills a bunch of people, it's no big deal. Just move on to the next story. What, what story? Here, here's the rules. Don't cover that story, the Michigan State shooter. Don't cover Palestine. Or, or if you do, just keep it general and tell everybody everything's fine. Everything's fine. Focus on the balloons. 
focus on the, the, did you hear that there's a new task force? A new task force started by Jake Sullivan, the Obama acolyte. We've got to, we've got to redouble our efforts to go after the unidentified flying objects. Now, there have been 250 or 60 of them in the last two years. But now the new policy is shoot them down. Shoot them down, even if you don't know what they're doing. They might be a weather balloon. They might be, uh, you know, some guy's, you know, whatever device that he's flying up into the air. A drone or something. Shoot it down. Shoot it down. Michigan State is a gun-free zone, by the way. The leftists, I'm sure they were proud of this gun-free living. Well, the, the perpetrator, he didn't obey those rules. He didn't abide by those guidelines. This was a tweet by Tom Elliott. It says, what the Club Q and MSU mass shootings have in common, both murderers, I'm not familiar with the Club Q, maybe you are, you can look it up, both murderers legally bought guns after progressive prosecutors dropped earlier charges. It says that the media aren't covering this, but rather hyping gun control. You hear the fake president yesterday, he did talk about gun control. We've got to get rid of these magazines that have 80, 60, 70 bullets. It says that the media aren't covering this, but rather hyping gun control shows they care less about stopping shootings than disarming you. You see, the agenda is to do away with the Second Amendment. So get up there and talk about gun control, but forget about the facts of this particular case. The Michigan shooter was convicted. He was a convicted felon on a weapons charge. But charges were dropped because a left-wing prosecutor, a progressive prosecutor, uh, wanted him free because he's black. He's black, and the penalties are too harsh. So if he's black, if he's, if, he's con if he's convicted, look, he doesn't need to go to jail. Just let him go. So he's let go, right? Are you following the facts of this case? Then he goes and legally buys a gun, and he uses that gun in a gun-free zone to shoot up the place and kill, what, three or four people? I forget. You think this, uh, do you think this, this system, what, yesterday I talked about the whole system crumbling. Do you, think, do you think any man or any political party can fix all of this? I mean, if, it, if, if this doesn't motivate you to pray, thy kingdom come, that's in, in Matthew 6. The Apostle Peter said that we ought to be, by our actions and our prayers, hastening the return of Jesus Christ. That's what this world needs. That's what this nation needs. Here's another story about the U-Haul truck driver in New York. It says at least eight people are injured, including police officer and multiple uh, moped drivers, after a U-Haul truck driver went on a 30-minute rampage in Brooklyn. Have you heard much about this? Here's domestic terrorism. Chris Ray, are you listening? 30 minutes? Just mowing down people? It says the driver was named by police sources cited by NBC as Wang Soar, a 62-year-old Asian man with ties to Brooklyn. His motive remains unclear, but police sources described him to DailyMail.com as being emotionally disturbed and homeless. It remains unclear how he uh, obtained the truck. There's a lot of demonic activity going on. God cast them to this earth. He confined them, confined them to this earth. And then he says in Revelation 12, Woe unto the earth and the inhabitants of the earth. 
and the leadership, well, they're corrupt through and through as well. Isaiah 3 says God's taken them away. Of course, here in the United States, you've got an illegitimate administration that is out front telling you, as I say, that up is down, black is white, good is bad, etc., etc. Listen to these numbers from yesterday. I didn't have time to play you this montage. This is clip 15. CPI year over year, and this number has been going down. It is 6.4%, 6.4%. Now, here's the fly in the ointment why rates are going up. Even though the year-over-year numbers are each one-tenth lower than the rearview mirror, they are both a little higher than expectations. Year-over-year number, hotter than expected, guys, 6.4%. Headline inflation is going the other direction. We're going up again. Remember, we've been going down for six months. Now we're going up 6.4%. A lot of the favorable tailwinds we had uh, a month ago, uh, you take those away. And, and the, the real problem, Christine, is that we still continue to see faster than normal increases in a variety of different spending categories many of which are household necessities, and that's happening month after month after month. And those categories, those, those troublesome categories you're talking about, shelter, still food, electricity, apparel, apparel vehicle insurance, um, household furnishings and operations, these are things that are not negotiable for a lot of families. So even and nothing in this numbers gives me comfort. Yeah. But compared to the narrative we had a month ago, where we thought inflation was coming down, where we thought, you know, um, it was jumping off from a low point. You're at an annual rate of 4.3% um, for this month. That's faster than the pace um, in the last two months. And that is with some special things that were helping. Um, I think this inflation issue um, is real. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And I think anyone who's overly calm about it um, is making me nervous. Nothing in these numbers gives me comfort, says that last commentator. And yet, listen to Joe Obama. I mean, they see these numbers and they come out with uh, all of their spokespeople. They love it. It's tremendous news. This is clip 16. This morning, what's your read on this inflation report? Well, this report suggests that we have an economy that is resilient, an economy where we see inflation continuing to ease with a labor market that remains robust. Inflation year on year has come down for seven straight months in a row. We continue to see that inflation is showing signs of easing. What do you read on the um, prices continuing to rise again on that specific issue? Well, so inflation is when prices are rising. So that we understand that inflation is too high. So we know that this is so, this transition is going to be somewhat yeah. bumpy, but we're seeing signs that inflation is starting to ease. That we believe that the president's, um, the president's economic plan is indeed working and it's giving people a little breathing room. You heard how, the, how we have seen, uh, um, you know, how we have seen um, the plan actually working. We see, see things moving forward. We believe uh, that it is, uh, uh, that is important to continue to work. I will tell you this, the president is the best communicator that we have in the White House. Most of you have finally reached the point where your revenues are climbing and your budgets are stable, most of you. Revenues are climbing, budgets are stable. Appreciated the education there from Captain Obvious that inflation means prices are rising. And then the, the spokesperson to say Joe Biden's the best communicator in the world. Everything's great. Just believe, just trust us, the experts. I love this soundbite the other day. 
from, I think, I don't know how she would describe herself. I think she's a, an expert at watching or monitoring Fox News. This is from MSNBC, clip 17. I'm trying to get to the friends, families, coworkers, and colleagues of people who are already deeply entrenched in Fox. Number one, to prevent them from getting sucked in, to help them navigate dealing with somebody who's kind of in that cult mentality, because I would call it a cult, and to help them sort of figure out why their relatives and loved ones are saying these things. And deprogramming someone or de-radicalizing them is a very difficult and long uh, situation to go through. It's slow. It's, diff it's very, very hard. She's a cult watcher. And if you watch uh, Fox News, you're a member of the cult. And she's trying to warn you. I mean, if you go over to Fox News, you're, you might hear some, some fairly accurate reporting on the environmental disaster in Palestine, Palestine, Ohio. And she, she doesn't want that. She's got to protect you from that. It reminds me of what Katie Couric said. I think this was after they stole the election. And, and then she started to say, well, how, you know, how, now we, it seems like we need to go to work at deprogramming Trump supporters. They're in this cult, after all. Those are the cult members you're watching there. They're the members of the, the fanatical, uh, zeal, they're, they're zealous cult members. Fanatical zealots, all of them. Every single one, all of these experts, as I say, to tell you the opposite of what is true and what is not. Listen to, this is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. He's at the Pentagon. He's running the military. Listen to what he said yesterday. Try, try to make sense of it. It's a 30-second soundbite. He contradicts himself in 30 seconds. This is Mark Milley, clip eight. Russia has lost. They've lost strategically, operationally, and tactically. And they are paying an enormous price on the battlefield. But until Putin ends his war of choice, the international community will continue to support Ukraine with the equipment and capabilities it needs to defend itself. Through this group, we are collectively supporting Ukraine's ability to defend its territory, protect its citizens, and liberate their occupied areas. If Russia has lost strategically, operationally, and tactically, then why won't Putin end his war of choice? Because they haven't lost. And so the money continues to flow in to Kyiv. We've got to support the effort until Russia, until Putin ends this. Now, now they've lost on the one hand, but we've got to keep sending them all of our military equipment. So we deplete our supplies and we go bankrupt and we keep funding this war against Vladimir Putin that he's lost. He's lost strategically. He's lost operationally. He's lost tact tactically. This is from The Independent over in the UK. Russia has started deploying tactical nuclear weapons armed vessels in the Baltic Sea for the first time in three decades, according to a Norwegian intelligence report. D doesn't sound like this, this article suggests he's lost. But there's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley. I mean, he's as woke as they get in the U.S. military. Committed treason while Trump was in there. And there he is out there boldly proclaiming, Russia's lost. Well, then how about if we stop sending them tens of billions of dollars, Ukraine, that is. It says here, the annual report released by Norwegian Intelligence Service on 13 February states that the vessels belonged to Russia's northern fleet. 
The fleet's warships regularly went to sea with nuclear weapons during the Soviet era, but this is the first time the Russian Federation has deployed them. The first time since the Soviet era that the Russian Federation has deployed nuclear weapons armed submarines. There was a story, uh, I forget the source, it, it, it's some French historian that's commenting on the state of this world. His name is Emmanuel Todd. He's one of the leading intellectuals in France. The, the, the interview was with Le Figaro newspaper in France. It says, it is evident, it's quoting Todd, it is evident that the conflict, initially a limited territorial war, speaking of Ukraine, has evolved into a global economic confrontation between the whole West on one side and Russia, backed by China, on the other side. Got the West. Eventually, though, we know from Bible prophecy, we're going to see those powers in the heart of Europe. We're going to see a, a huge separation between those powers and the UK and the US. They're going, to be, they're going to end up being on the outside looking in. And then it's not going to be Russia and China coming against the US and Britain. It's going to be Europe. It's going to be the, the seventh and final resurrection of the Holy Roman Empire. So he doesn't have all the, the, the facts right here prophetically, but he's just looking at the situation and saying, look, this is drawing the whole world into conflict. It says here, Todd added that the resistance of the Russian economy is pushing the U.S. imperial system toward the abyss and that Biden must hurry to rescue fragile America. On that, he's right. He calls it fragile. The Bible says it's bitter, bitter affliction. Bitter affliction. This illegitimate administration only in there for two years. I mean, you can see this world. You can see our nation just spiraling toward what Jesus described in Matthew 24, 21 and 22. Great tribulation. All of it. All of it together, as I said earlier, really should provide us, true Christians, the saints of God, with motivation. If ever we needed motivation, this is it. Motivation to pray, thy kingdom come. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. If you want to submit some feedback to the show, the email address, td at thetrumpet.com. Thank you for joining us on today's show. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>